Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. Hey, 20 here, Big 550 KTRS. So last week we had uh, Ben Fred. I don't know if you, Ben Fred, St. Louis Post Dispatch columnist. I don't know if you heard Martin Kilcoin on the show last week, but went on what can only be described as an epic rant on Kevin Demoff. Did you get a chance to hear that at all? <laughs> no, I, I'll have to check it out. I, I did one of my own with uh, Brendan Weesey, so I'm glad the topic was, was well covered. Yeah, it was. Um, it but was, uh, it, was, it was deserved. So it, good for it, Martin, and I'm sure that he brought it. He's sure he brought the thunder. Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, I just sort of I went and went and went to Starbucks, got a coffee, came back, and he was still <laughs> he was still going strong. I'll text it over to you, Ben. Fred. It's pretty good. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, thanks. It is really worth the time. But I, I suspect your Rick Pitino uh, rant today will be equally as good. Rick Pitino, being one of the most despicable men in the history of all of college sports, is now throwing Missouri under the bus. He's throwing everybody under the bus except his, uh, except himself. Of course, Rick Pitino's St. John's team isn't good. Um, the the new has worn off. This is not uh, this is not Rick Pitino at uh, at Iona. We're all worshiping everything he, he does. Um, they've had eight losses in their past ten games, and he goes into his post game after blowing a nineteen point lead uh, to Seton Hall and basically shreds his assistant coaches for what he thinks was poor recruiting um, talks about how his players don't guard anybody and how they're, how they're too slow kind of took a shot at all of his staff for putting this team together. Um, and, and also kind of took a shot randomly at Missouri. Like, yeah, you might be able to recruit these kind of players at Missouri, but it's like, Whoa, what did Missouri do to you, Rick Pitino? But it's uh it's the bad side of Rick Pitino. And it, it, I pointed it out this morning, McGraw, for, for one reason, really. Um, there are coaches uh, right now that we talk about a lot that are going through really rough seasons. Dennis Gates at Missouri, um, Travis Ford at SLU. And this is high-stress stuff. Um, it raises questions about job security. It leads to um, players feeling like they need to get in the transfer portal. Recruits have questions. These are these are well-paid jobs, but they're highly stressful jobs. And uh, if, if, if it's one chance to say something good about SLU and Mizzou and their seasons they're having, the coaches haven't resorted to this. They haven't showed up at a press conference and started dumping on their assistant coaches and their players um, and taking none of the blame themselves. Yeah, he's a despicable human being. Remember, he... Uh, had uh, relations with an assistant coach's wife and then paid for her to uh, uh, have it taken care of, if you will, Um, and didn't lose his job at Louisville, only lost his job after the sneaker scandal, after he might have had some violations that sort of threw him out of the NCAA tournament. So uh, he's a despicable human being, and um, I I just am just horrified that he's the coach for the Johnnies, but... Um, shows you true class when he he recruits these guys in and then badmouths them all halfway through the season. Uh, he's about well, Rick Patino. It's a great point. I mean, someone pointed out like, hey, these quotes that he's putting out there about how he likes his team, but they're slow, like they're nice guys, but they're not good players. Um, <clears throat> how is that? Uh, how is that going to affect recruiting? Um, <laughs> he's talking about how unathletic they are. Rick.
you signed them. You, <laughs> if you're saying that you let your assistants build your team without any any overview of like, are these players worthy of your team? Then maybe you need to start doing a better job, and maybe you shouldn't be getting paid so much for for the job you have. Look, he's one of these coaches where when when the when the wins are there, he's flashy and he's great and he's got all these plans to fix college basketball. But when the bottom drops out, it is uh, it's every man for himself on, on his ship, and the captain doesn't go down with the ship. So I, I don't know how these comments will affect him. You know, he very very few things have had a hard have had a hard time sticking to him, as we know. But uh, in this era of of players being able to transfer at will, of players being able to get in and out of the transfer portal whenever they want, and having really driving the discussion of how good teams are going to be. I, I don't think these comments are going to play well for him on the recruiting trail. Well, and remember, he threw the whole team last year, right? He came in and said, this team's terrible and told all the players to, to leave. <clears throat> so forced them all to leave, brought in all these new players in the transfer port hole, and now blaming them. Yeah, a lot of those guys are playing pretty well yeah. elsewhere this year. Yeah, so anyway, um, it's, it's – it's, uh, it's, I, get, I, get, I get a little uh, a little honked off sometimes at Dennis Gates because he just refuses to take – kind of refuses to almost comment on any poor performance of his players um, because it's it's like, come on, Dennis, you know what we're seeing. Like the roster, it hasn't worked out. And, and you can say that without throwing guys under the bus. But after seeing this, I kind of thought, well, you know, Dennis Gates defending his guys a little too much isn't the worst thing in the world. Well, with that being said, a Missouri um, has yet to win an SEC game, lost to yeah. Old Miss over the weekend and uh, blew a late game lead at, at some point on Saturday. Yeah, it was probably their best chance to to get this conference win they've been searching for, and they're up double digits in the second half on the road against an Ole Miss team that's trying to make the NCAA tournament. It would have been a very like nothing's going to save this season. It would have been a you know kind of a resilient win for this group of Tigers, but they they blow it. They can't finish. They foul too much, um, and you know there's if you look at that game for a glass half full side, it's a one of the more positive losses because some of the young guys played well. They got Sean East back. They're more competitive with their point guard. If they play like that, they will probably find a way to win a game before this conference season is over. But they find new and creative ways to lose. And that was one that you thought, okay, this might actually be it. And and they couldn't figure it out. So they got to play Tennessee next, and that's going to be a bloodbath, I'm afraid. They look like one of the better teams in the country. So, the journey continues for this team, Mizzou team McGraw, and the question really but it's going to become how much, how much can they learn from it, how much can the young guys improve, and how much can Dennis Gates alter this roster um, with an incoming freshman class that's ranked like second in the country um, and some transfer portal additions to try to make sure this is a one-time thing. Yeah, I'm not sold on that transfer portal, right? Rick Patino was sold on it. It's <laughs> not as – there's a reason why they're well, leaving. Your, your Cornhuskers are using it for football. No, I, I, I get it, and every once in a while there's a Jeff Burrow or whatever in there to, who goes on and wins the Heisman, but uh, there's a reason why they're leaving. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I, I think know. it used to be – more stigmatized in that way. Sometimes guys in the portal, there was a reason there was something wrong with the way they viewed things or they had meddlers and worry about their playing time. I, I think it's become less so. I really do. I, I think there are so many guys who maybe get under-recruited or lost in the shuffle um, who go to a place and they clearly they are outperforming. I mean, look at Auburn's roster and look at where some of the players came from. McGraw. These are all guys who jumped up from 
smaller conferences who are hungry and and they're playing on a team that is beating SEC teams by like 20 points a night. Um, Missouri, look at Demoy Hodge, who was at you know at, at a small conference, came in was one of the better scorers and steal creators in the SEC last season. There was nothing flawed about him. He he was a better player than people realized when he was recruited, and he got better in college and, and, and deserved a shot at the bigger stage. So I think there's some of that, but I, but I don't think there's, I, I don't think it's as uh, broad brush as it used to be. Well, I'll tell you this, um, and a dirty little secret about this transfer system in college football and basketball is, you know, it's also has an effect on the kids coming out of high school into college. Sure. They're yeah. going to go to the smaller schools show what they can do, and then jump up to the bigger schools, kind of like baseball, right, where you go to the yep. JUCO and then on to the four-year school. So the, 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 the diminished uh, idea of the kid who goes to the alma mater and is developed by that player or that coach or that system is, is sort of going away. Well, if you're a coach um, at a high-major conference with a million-dollar-plus salary on the line and you are under pressure to win, where are you most likely if you've got one spot on your roster, where yeah. are you going to go mm-hmm. to the guy who just was the, you know, the Missouri Valley player of the year or the guy coming out of high school who's been playing against 16 year olds. Yeah. Um, who's going to, who's going to be most likely to help you next season when your job's on the line. So I think, I think there, I think that's real. I think it, <clears throat> it's changed things. I don't know that it's, that it's going to ruin things. Our, our nature in college sports is to say, everything's going to ruin everything. Well, Cody Schrader, look at Cody Schrader. He didn't get any D1 offers out of college. He went to Truman State, was a great running back, went to Mizzou with Truman State's blessing. That's what they were happy for him. And he became the SEC's leading rusher. Now, Truman State can go and say, hey, look, come. you, you may not get that offer to Mizzou right away, but come be the next Cody Schrader. Right. So the schools that are smart about it or – you know what? There are guys on Mizzou's team last year who couldn't play because Cody Schrader was 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 killing it. They can get that guy to maybe look at Truman State if he wants to play. So it can work both ways, but it absolutely has changed the way, kind of the the conveyor belt of how the college matriculation works. Excellent point. Pains me to say that. Hey, real quick. Uh... Hey, I want to go on a demo off rant. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no! I just oh, okay. I, I, I really want to hear Martin's, but I I, I have this I have this theory mm. that he's actually mentally ill, and he needs who, 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 Martin either, Martin or Kevin Demoff. No, we know about Martin <laughs> Kevin. Um, Martin's like lovably mentally ill. Okay. Um, the impressions and the obsessive the obsessive impressions it's a sign. Um, Demoff's thing is like he's got this weird tick where about once every every six months to six to twelve months he's got to take some sort of like unhinged shot at St. Louis. Like he's like the guy who gets divorced and in his eyes finds a better, more attractive wife, younger. They move out to California. Everything's supposed to be happy. He's rich. Um, you know, Stan Kroenke still letting him be a glorified intern. But like once every, every year he like drives by his old house and like parks outside. So people know he's there. It's really weird. It's like, dude, you won in your eyes. Like, yeah, we know you're a snake and you're a you're an empty suit who's you know whose family got him the job and and the rest is history. And like you have nothing better to do though but to try to like convince people in St. Louis that you're you're still around. It's very odd. It's like, dude, move on. Like you got what you wanted, just let us be. Spoken like the woman who was jilted, who who has moved on. Oh, I'm scarred. So in high school, 
I don't know how much time you have. Um, way back, way, way back, as I've told this story on a previous radio shows. Um, I, I was actually a catcher, like a fourth string catcher on my high school baseball team. And a high school girlfriend I had left me for the varsity catcher. So I'm, I'm very familiar with this situation. <laughs> this is kind of a bummer story, man. <laughs> I was like the backup to the bullpen catcher. Like if the bullpen catcher got a sprained thumb, then I would get to be the bullpen catcher. You were the team manager, in other words. B- borderline. Like that might have been too much uh, too much uh, importance for me. You were, you were the so, yeah, backup when it comes to the to those, bullpen. When it comes to those analogies about getting left, I'm like the man. God love you. Ben Fred, who's your sponsor? Uh, well, they probably won't want to be mentioned on this one, but uh, Sunday, best chicken McGraw. You can uh, get delivery. You can go down and see them in person. They're doing brunch now on the weekends. Check out their menu at sundaybestchicken.com. There you go. Uh, ben, you know, oddly, you have that same position at the Post-Dispatch as well, don't you? Hey, now. hey I've, I've, I've rallied since then. Okay, good. All right. Have yourself a good week. Talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> see you, man.